I'm Rebecca Alley, and this is The Weekly. perfect time for us to get into the spirit and talk ghost stories and one in particular. So listeners out there, imagine you are sitting around a campfire and tune in. We are talking about the local legend that many of us have heard for years, the story of Jonathan Buck and the stain on his monument in downtown Bucksport that appears to be in the shape of a woman's boot. Joining me today, I have the perfect guest for this occasion, Ed Buck, who is Jonathan's Okay, I have to get this straight. There are six greats. <laughs> great, 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 great grandson, Ed. Ed, thanks so much for being here. Well, thanks for inviting me. And so before we dive right in, can you talk about your work with the Bucksport Historical Society and how you started gathering information about this story? I imagine it's one you grew up hearing often. Yeah, well, I'm the president of the Bucksport Historical Society, uh, Like most uh, young people, I didn't even know there was a historical society in Bucksport. It's right at the end of the street where I live, but I knew nothing about it. I was a typical kid, knew nothing about it. And uh, after I uh, retired, I worked for the U.S. Customs Service, and uh, I retired and moved back to Bucksport. And uh, an old friend of mine, I'd known him since we were kids, said, uh, what about the Historical Society? Do you know about that? Are you interested in it? And I said, I don't know about it at all. So he invited me to uh, come to a meeting, and uh, I loved it. I'm kind of an amateur historian in college. I majored in uh, political science, but I minored in history. So I've always been interested in history, and so I got involved. And uh, he was president of the Society at that time, but he wanted to move on He didn't want to take both the cemetery uh, presidency along with the historical society presidency. I was vice president of the cemetery committee and vice president of the Bucksport Historical Society. But he said, I can't do both. Which one do you want? And I said, well, I'll take the historical society. And he said, well, if if you want to be president, I'll recommend that uh, you become president and I'll move on. So I became president, and uh, I've loved every minute of it. This story has come up quite a lot lately. I didn't really think about it much when I was younger. But uh, since I became president of the Bucksport Historical Society, we've had a lot of attention about this thing. We've had people from the local uh, TV channels in Bangor and, and even in Portland have uh, come up to interview me about it. So before we get into the story itself, can you talk about Jonathan Buck, his significance to the town that, you know, was named after him? And and what's it like to have this familial connection with someone so prominent in the town's history? Well, it's interesting. I'm certainly not ashamed of it. He has detractors, a lot of detractors, mostly due to the myth. But uh, he founded the town uh, back in the 1760s. He came up with 60 other people from Massachusetts. At that time, he was living in Haverhill, Mass. And he came up here to stake out land to be developed in Maine. And uh, they just kind of did it randomly. And he was he was given the Township One, they called it, which was the Bucksport area. 
And uh, so he decided uh, he was going to come up here and, and settle in the township that he'd been awarded. And he came back uh, a year later and uh, started to develop things here in Bucksport, what is now Bucksport. Then it was just a township west of the Union River in Ellsworth. Wow. Is it, so growing up, is it something that you thought about often, how your your ancestors were such a big part in? Yeah, growing up, I heard about it, you know, and my, my grandmother was a, a history buff, and she had the butt genealogy, mm-hmm. which is, of course, the whole family, all the way from Jonathan down to me. She had it all memorized. She was one of these people who really loved history. And so that's when I first heard about it. She would tell me about, yeah, your great, 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 six greats, grandfather was Colonel Jonathan Buck who founded this town. And she didn't get into the myth, but, uh, you know, I guess I heard about it as a kid, but I didn't think too much about it. I was a typical kid. All I cared about is playing, having fun, running around like kids do. So I didn't really get too concerned with the story when I was a kid. But after I became uh, president of the Historical Society, I have all kinds of people asking me about it around Halloween. We had one uh, reporter, I think it was Channel 6, I don't know for sure. It was one of the channels in Portland that came up to meet with us at the uh, Historical Society Museum, which is the old railroad depot in Bucksport. And uh, she was there with the former president, the guy I told you about that... uh, was on the cemetery committee and the historical committee. And uh, so she was saying, before we went on the air, you know, are we going to take this as the myth or are we going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I opted for telling the truth, that uh, he was kind of interested in spreading myths and stories because he was quite a storyteller himself. Some of them were even true, some not so much. But she said, oh, I want to hear the, I want to hear the, the myth. I want to hear all the stories. So when we got on the air, he gave it to him. <laughs> well, let's, let's dive in. Let's hear it all. Let's hear the myth, the fact, the fiction. Okay. Well, there are various, uh, there are various stories, but the main one is that Jonathan Buck condemned a uh, woman to death at, uh, and burned her at the stake. That is not the only one. There's one where he condemned a woman to death and she was hanged. And another one that... Uh, well, there was one where he was the mayor of town. He was the mayor of Bucksport. And he was getting bad poll numbers, you know. This was back in the supposedly late 1700s. I, I don't think they did much polling in the 1700s, but it's a good story. <laughs> And anyway, that story goes that he uh, fortuitously found a dead body in Bucksport of a young woman that had become deceased. They didn't know how. And he thought, well, my poll numbers are bad. What if I convict somebody of this murder? I'll just say it's a murder, and I'll convict somebody and, and punish him, and that'll cause my poll numbers to go up. And so he found a uh, what we would now call a mentally challenged young man. In those days, they were called imbeciles or idiots, rather defamatory names. 
Supposedly, he uh, put this kid to trial, convicted him on his own, and uh, ordered him hanged. So, I it's, heard that. Uh, well, there, there are various there are various stories that go around. The main one that people talk about is the burning at the stake. And so, then following that, can you talk about the? stain on the monument okay. and that links into the, to the story, to the myth. Okay. The truth is that the, the story came up after the leg appeared on the tombstone, if you want to call it a leg. And it's not his gravestone. It's a, tomb, it's a uh, memorial to him that was erected by his great-grandchildren in 1852, long after he had died. Jonathan Buck died in uh, 1795. So in 1852, his, I guess it was his grandchildren, I don't know if it was his grandchildren or his great-grandchildren, said that since he was the founder of the town of Bucksport, he deserved to have a monument established for him. And it was put in the cemetery where he's buried. It's not his tombstone, it's a memorial to him erected by his descendants. But uh, his descendants were... If you want to be charitable, you would call them frugal. If you're less charitable or more cynical, you would say they were cheap. So what they did is they looked for a cheap or inexpensive, shall we say, piece of granite for uh, Colonel Jonathan's memorial. And they found a piece of granite in Blue Hill that they got for a good price. But the problem was that it had hairline cracks, which was in the shape of a leg, if you wanted to construe it as a leg. If you wanted to think it was nothing, you could do that. But uh, so they bought the, bought the granite, and what happened was that over the years, the cracks in the granite became filled with dirt and dust that was in the air. And the experts, two experts wrote about it, which I read while I was doing research for previous speech on this. Two experts agreed that uh, what happened is that the dust became oxidized as it uh, was exposed to the air. I don't know anything about oxidation, but they explained it that what happened is the dust became oxidized and it became more visible. The crack became more visible. So when people noticed that it kind of looked like a leg or a boot or whatever you want to say, they developed the myth around the faulty, faulty granite. The myth was developed to fit the leg, not the other way around. Interesting. And so what do you think it is about, about that? I mean, people are still so kind of captivated by the story and the Halloween element to it. And so when there is this research that, you know, proves other, otherwise, what do you think it is that kind of, that draws people to kind of cling to this scary story? Well, it's a fun story. That's why it's fun to believe this thing. Like we want to believe in UFOs. We want to believe in a lot of ghosts. A lot of us do anyway. I've never been one for believing most of that stuff. But what happened is that uh, the first one to write about it was a guy named Whitmore who wrote for, I believe it was called the New England Journal in the late 
1800s, just before the turn of the century. And uh, so he went over some of these some of these myths that the story was about Jonathan Buck had condemned a woman to death and uh, her leg had fallen off while she was being burned at the stake. Then he went through the whole story. That you probably have heard it, at least one version of it. And then at the end, though, he said, the truth is this is all just for fun. He wrote for a tabloid similar to what we see today, tabloids, some of them print stories that are just for fun. You know, Joe Biden has been abducted by aliens. and But then at the end, he said, the truth is that this is just for fun. And then he went through the truth, which is leg appeared long after Jonathan Buck died. It had to do with oxidation and, and cheap granite. And he explained the whole thing. But people ignored the explanation. They wanted to believe the myth. So even though he explained that, hey, this is just for fun. It's a fun story. It's not really true. People bought it. <laughs> and is it true that that the original monument was replaced and that the same shape appeared? No, that's a, that's a myth. It was never replaced. It was never replaced. They did try to scratch it out. They did some work polishing it. And, and of course, it came back because the flaws in the granite were still there. They hadn't removed the cracks. They'd removed the dust, but then the dust came back in. And so, but the it's a myth that it was replaced. It was never replaced. It's the same one. It's still there now. So, not to deter too much from the Halloween spirit, but it's, uh, <laughs> the story is, is plagued with a few, uh, quite a bit of fiction. Well, so much fiction, you know, Obviously, nobody was burned at the stake in Maine, ever. Mm. Right. I did. I read something that this story actually comes, um, you know, centuries after. Yeah, the witch burnings were in the 17th century, 1600s. And they were in Salem, Mass, largely. How many of them there were, I don't know. But there was never anybody burned at the stake in Maine. So do you see, does the town see an influx in visitors during this time of year to, you know, check the monument out and see? Oh, yes, yes. You'll see people stopped there. And uh, an interesting part of the myth and how people bought into the myth, there was a woman from the UK was on a tour bus and uh, she passed by. (laughs) They were doing a reenactment of this part of the story was, Jonathan Buck condemning a woman to hang. And so as she drove through downtown Bucksport, she noticed a woman with a noose around her neck running down the street. And uh, she said, what is this all about? So the tour bus she was in stopped at the graveyard where Jonathan Buck is buried and where the monument still exists with the leg or boot or whatever you think it whatever you want it to be, still visible. So she asked the uh, chaperone, the the person who was directing the tour, what's this all about? And uh, so the chaperone gave her the whole myth, you know, that it has been removed and it came back and it's all about Jonathan Buck did this, he did that. So she kind of believed it. She went back to the U.K., And uh, she was a freelance journalist, a writer. 
And uh, But before she wrote The Total Myth, she wanted to be sure she was right. So she made the mistake of uh, contacting the librarian at Bucksport, a nice lady, a very smart lady. And she asked her about it. Is this true or not? And, and uh, the librarian gave her the truth and nothing but the truth. And she said, no, it's all bunk. It's just a fake story. And so uh, she didn't She didn't write it as if it was true. She was saved by the librarian who told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So do you... Um, I know you mentioned that you started getting interested in history, you know, after you were a kid. But did this legend, myth, all of it, did it shape your upbringing at all? I wouldn't say that it did, because no. you know, my parents, you know, they just dismissed it. Mm-hmm. They, they, th- they told me at an early age, this is just junk, you know, nobody was burned at the stake in Maine. And besides that, Jonathan Buck was was never a judge. He couldn't condemn anybody to death. He was a justice of the peace. Hmm. Justices of the peace, I, I think, can do a lot of things and authorize to notarize signatures and things like that, but they can't condemn anybody to death. So it was just preposterous, really, if you think about it. But it's fun, you know. There are a lot of people that come in the historical society when we're open in the summer. They want to know about it and... Um, so I, I tell them the truth as I, as I see it, but uh, others like to embellish a little bit and, and make it a fun story. Well, it's still fun to talk about, and it's fun to, or it's nice to get the, the facts of it as well. So, Ed, thank you so much for your time and for joining us, and I hope you have a happy Halloween. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it, and you have a happy Halloween, too. And if you want to believe the story, go ahead. It's fun. (laughs) Maybe just for October 31st. Maybe. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast. We'll be taking a holiday break, but we'll be back again with new episodes in January. In the meantime, feel free to listen to some of our previous episodes from our first season. You can find the weekly wherever fine podcasts are downloaded or visit one of our news websites. The Weekly is a collaboration between the Ellsworth American, Courier-Gazette, Republican Journal, Camden Herald, and Mount Desert Islander, all powered by Village Soup. If you have a comment or suggestion for someone we should talk to, send us an email at theweekly at villagesoup.com. Until next time.